Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. Today, we have on a special guest, Dr. Mona Wiggins. She is here to talk about all things the feminine cycle and fertility awareness. She's a doctor of nursing, a certified fertility awareness educator, integrative health practitioner, and holistic hormone health guide. And this conversation was so exciting for us because really tracking our cycles, understanding our cycles, having a deeper awareness of our hormones and the different things that we've done in our fertility journeys and the way that that's impacted our spiritual, mental, emotional, physical lives. Like This has just been a huge conversation that has been coming into our lives recently. And having this deeper level of awareness and empowerment in this zone is just so important. And we think such a big part of our collective awakening is to really start to understand these things and have these conversations and receive this education. So we're so grateful to have Mona on to share all of her wisdom and knowledge with us. Which She's um, been a medical professional for over 15 years. She focuses on empowering women to rediscover their divine feminine wisdom and true hormonal wellness through cycle charting, integrative and herbal medicine, functional lab testing, and wise women traditions. Yes, this conversation is powerful and so empowering. And regardless if you have a cycle or not, I feel that listening and understanding and connecting with this information is really a big part of how we are ushering in the new paradigm as individuals and as deeply aware and connected beings. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Mona is a 3-5 emotional manifester and this conversation initiated us. This information initiated us. So much of her wisdom just initiated deeper understanding and really met us where we're at in our own experiences in life. And she has like, that's one of her main gifts is helping people to navigate whatever experiences they're going through. So she is a powerful force and such a loving, embracing force as well. I think you're just going to fall in love with her. And we're so excited for you to connect in this way with us. Okay. So without further ado, let's welcome on our special guest for today, Mona Wiggins. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm so good. Yeah. Just so excited for this combo. Um, was just sharing with the girls before we hopped on that I had to crawl on my friend's roof to pick up some sage that I dropped out the window <laughs> so I didn't catch their house on fire. So feeling energized. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's always a good start to the day. But I did see your video of where you're recording um, that you shared. It looks so beautiful yeah. there. So I love that we're getting to kind of connect with that energy where you are in this conversation. And we are so excited to have this conversation because just talking about our cycles more and having more awareness and more empowerment has been a huge theme in like this recent level of our kind of, I want to say awakening because all of us know, you know, so much about our cycles. So we think, and then you get revealed all of these deeper layers about, you know, birth control and fertility awareness and all of these different things. And it's just like mind boggling that more of us don't have strong education on this topic. And we really believe that it's one of the most powerful things we could be talking about right now to really kind of shed light on this matter and help women and all people really understand these feminine cycles. So we're grateful to have you here. And if you could just introduce yourself to our audience members, what it is that you do and share and teach just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm Dr. Mona Wiggins. I'm a doctor of nursing practice by training. So I worked as a family nurse practitioner for years, uh, largely doing community health and women's health, and then really got into healing my own hormones and my own body and addressing some health issues that I was having and just fell in love with fertility awareness and tracking my cycles and really the shifts that it made in my mental health and my physical health. And yeah, then just really felt a calling to share that with others. Cause like you said, it's just, you know, unfortunately not something that even when you go through medical training, it's ridiculous, but like not something that we're trained on. And so that's what I do now. I teach fertility awareness. I teach the symptothermal method. So it's a method of tracking. And I work with women doing hormonal health coaching and really just helping people to better understand our bodies and our cycles and ways that we can really just come back to our inner knowing and what I feel like our bodies are designed to be, which is like true wellness. Like I feel like that is our home base. And so just learning to rediscover that is what I do. Wow. Yeah. It's, I'm so excited to be talking about this because this is a new journey for me personally, really understanding that inner wellness, like as a woman and what is going on within my body. And it's been just the last few months where this has really started because I've had an IUD for nine years and I just got it out in March and I was shocked at how different my body was after removing it because I didn't, I just didn't realize it's one of those things where you, there's not much information on how it's going to affect your body and your doctors don't necessarily tell you. And I feel like that's the case for the majority of women's health is that there's not that much information. They just tell you, this is what your options are. This is what you do. They don't tell you how it's going to feel, how it might disconnect you from your body, how it might disconnect you from feeling your natural rhythms and cycles, or even your femininity, how it might affect your sex life. They don't really tell you, you know, the, how much is going to hurt or how scary it is or what's really normal. And there's not that much information, I think, readily available. Once I, you know, removed the IUD and I had these different body experiences, I was Googling about it and it literally, I couldn't find any information that was 
helping me connect more to like my divine feminine energy and like my wellness as a woman until I got to like page five of Google. Everything was just very you know, standard WebMD, like this is like, you're safe, you're healthy. Like once it's removed, like, you know, it's like very technical stuff, but it's not like, okay, but the lived felt experience of it. So I'm really grateful that we have you on to be able to, to talk about just understanding our bodies as women, because that, that topic in general has been suppressed for thousands of years and it's like finally being owned and and breathed through in like a more spacious environment I feel like now mm-hmm. yeah yeah I feel like it's like that re-emergence because it's that ancient wisdom right like that back in the day when women would like go to like be in a space to like bleed together and so it's like we used to be so connected to our cycles and really like the respect of our cycles and what that means to like move through those phases. Like I do just believe that we used to be deeply connected to that. And I feel like now is kind of like the resurgence of that. And I love seeing it in like really young menstruators that are interested in learning more about that. Cause I, you know, I also had Uh, you know, I was on birth control for a really long time and had the hormonal IUD and then had the non-hormonal one. And, and it just is so beautiful. And I just think about people that get to have this journey from the time they're young and what a gift that is. And even those of us that have been on birth control for a long time and that come out of it, like really what a gift it is for the rest of your cycling years to be able to connect with that. And it is, I think like, we don't even realize how much we're missing when we are on hormonal birth control or on something that kind of like severs that like brain spirit body connection. And I think it is like, you just don't realize like the veil you're looking through. And then when you remove it, you're like, Oh my God, like I didn't realize that I was experiencing these symptoms or I didn't realize like how much of like the ebb and flow I was missing out on. Like it really, I remember feeling that way too, just how impactful it was when I came off that I was like, oh my God, like I didn't realize that. And I think, cause a lot of times it's a more like slow kind of insidious change in symptoms to where it's not super evident, right? On like what you're missing out on, unless like you start something that like totally alters a cycle and then you see that. But like the other things that come with it are so small and changing over time often. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was small and changing over time. And then I literally cried like the first time having sex after having my IUD removed because it was so like, like you said, it severed that like mind, spirit, body connection. And I just had no idea. And the fact that I like did that for nine years And I like the reframe that you put on that of like the gift that it is to be able to now for all of my future cycling, you know, years to be able to now have just like a deeper reverence and connection and awareness about it because I've had that experience. That's a really, really great way to look at it. So I'm so curious to know what you are most passionate about right now in your work with your clients, with the women that you're working with, like, where are you kind of lit up by right now? Yeah, such a good question. I feel like recently 
And I guess I would just say like all always, but like, I really think making sure that people feel really clear on their choices around reproductive rights. That feels really important to me right now with everything that is going on with like the Roe versus Wade and that switching. And just that was deeply hurtful and impactful to me. Like I just was a mess. Like the next day I was like, I just like never, never in my life, in my generation thought that that was even going to be a convo, much less something that happens. So to me, like around that, it's like, you know, we have fertility awareness. We can learn to track our cycles and you if you're trying to use it for natural birth control, you have to understand when when you're fertile and what choices you're making within that. So within like the courses that I do, and then I'm starting up like a membership platform that's all on like hormones and womb wisdom and fertility with one of my good friends. She's Wise Womb Mama on Instagram, but we're actually coming up on like the next full moon. So it's September 10th, we're going to do a whole like lecture that's part of the coursework that I do with people that really talks about forming like a safety plan around using fertility awareness. So when can you use different herbs? When is plan B going to be effective? What are the different options? Like if you are having sex in your fertile window, what's the efficacy of the different methods? So to me, just making sure that people are really clear and what they're choosing in their body. Because like you said, there's just often not very much information out there or people are given little pieces of things. And so to me, like making sure that somebody's really clear in the decisions they're making around their body, their fertility, and their like reproductive choices and whether just how we handle that is so important to me that there really is a great grasp on that. So I feel like that's, a huge thing that I feel like really excited to make sure people feel clear on like, what are you choosing and when are you choosing it and how effective is it? And how good does that feel to you? Do you have those combos with your partner? How do you have them? So I feel super excited about that. And then, yeah, I would say like the other thing that I love is just helping people realign with like their hormonal wellness. So I do hormonal health coaching and I do a lot of gut and hormone testing because there's just so much that can get off when we're on birth control and just in general. And like nothing makes me happier than seeing somebody going from having a ton of like either like mood symptoms or gut symptoms or acne or PMS or whatever. And then really like realigning to actually like feeling well. That is so rewarding to me to just help people refine like what it is to feel good in your own body and to like not constantly struggle against it, which I think part of that is like learning that we have ebbs and flows and learning to appreciate our body in that way. But yeah, I would say those are like the two things right now that I'm in love with and that like really like bring me a lot of joy to educate on and to share with the world. That is so beautiful. And I love that. I think anytime that we're really wanting to make a change on a personal level, it always starts with education and awareness and like having those conversations and just making more people aware. And 
even with the whole Roe versus Wade thing, I think for a lot of the men in my life, there's like a new level of awareness that is being birthed from this experience because people are having these conversations and they need to and the education around it. And the more that people have education on what their options are, of course, the more we shift into a space of empowerment. So it's just so beautiful to see guides stepping up in this area like yourself and initiating us. And it's so important, I think, because Shane and I talk about this a lot, like even with her experience just getting her IUD out that she's had for 10 years, her doctor, you know, you ask them a question and they're like, well, are you like bleeding? Like, is your like, can you go to the bathroom? And you're like, yeah. They're like, okay, then you're fine. And we're talking about these more subtle, like these subtle realms that are deep and powerful and extremely important that we're not used to addressing maybe so much in like our Western medicine. It's more of like the cut and dry, like are all of the body parts functioning? Okay, then you're fine. But when we get into this realm of hormones, it's like this very important, like foundational aspect of our lives, almost in a certain sense. It's like based on this like hormonal health and overall wellness and diving into these more like subtle realms that just because they're subtle doesn't mean that they're not absolutely integral to our health and well-being. Like we're really unlifting that veil to see a deeper level of like, wow, these things were always here. They are so extremely powerful and important to have awareness of, but they are on this like one layer more subtle than like the physical of how you look or on the outside appearance. So it's so interesting to me, you know, just the idea of divine feminine wisdom. I think of both the realms of like subtle intuition and sensing energy, but also this like deep and powerful, just completely moving kind of power. So it's beautiful to get to see like the reflections of like the physical and the more that we have awareness of our cycles, the more it's going to unlock that divine feminine wisdom that is within women, but also within the men in our lives and with all people that are really wanting to connect with that. So it's so beautiful. And I was wondering if like from the beginning of this combo, if you could just kind of run us through what does the feminine cycle look like? You know, maybe there's people listening that are not really sure about like the different sections of it or how it really works. So I was wondering if you could just kind of walk us through the basics. Yeah. I can do that. I was just thinking as you were saying that, um, I think what's really beautiful about this cycle is that our cycles tell us what other things are off too. I think that's like what's one of the most beautiful things is our, we see our cycles as, you know, it's like, oh, like, do you have like a period, you know, once a month? And, but really our cycles are this like beautiful kind of like quiet alarm system. So learning to read those and understand them and not just like, are you bleeding? Are you not? But like, what does your cycle look like? How long is your bleed? You know, like really learning to track those things is a reflection of our hormones. So it's like, then you can just get so much information about really the health of your body. And when things are aligned and optimal versus just like, yes, you're bleeding. Thanks for coming in. Like it, it just is so interesting. But yeah, so the cycle, kind of when I think of like a, a female cycle, I think often people just think of the bleed. I think that's what people are like, oh, a period. And really like the main event and what is most important in our cycles is ovulation, which is the process of actually releasing an egg that can be fertilized and then turn into, you know, a baby ultimately or not be fertilized. But that's really what like ovulation is that deciding point in our cycle that decides 
how long our cycles are, if we have bleeds, all of those things. But basically what happens every roughly, you know, a a month is kind of, I don't like to put terms on things because everybody's body is different, but roughly once a month for many of us, it starts with the shedding of our lining. So our uterus is, you know, the womb is what some people would call it, but it literally is the hollow empty organ inside of the pelvis that's at the top of the vagina. And every cycle we start day one when we start shedding that lining. So if we don't get pregnant, that lining gets built up each cycle. And if we don't get pregnant, then we need to shed that lining because it isn't serving a purpose. It doesn't need to turn into the sac that the baby grows in. So every cycle day one, we start by releasing what we don't need from the last cycle. So that's day one of our cycle. We start our bleed. We kind of go through the bleed. When our hormones are low, we're releasing the blood from the inside of the uterus and the lining that's not needed. And then we start to have what's known as follicle stimulating hormone or FSH come in. So that's going to come in and stimulate the follicles, which are these little fluid filled sacs in our ovaries. So we each have two ovaries beside our uterus and that's where eggs come from. So we're born with all of the eggs that we will ever have. And then basically each cycle, numerous ones get stimulated and typically only one goes on to mature that gets to be the egg that is ovulated. Sometimes there can be more than one. Typically there just is one. And so the follicle stimulating hormone comes in, it kind of stimulates our ovaries to start growing that egg towards ovulation And then as that egg is growing, our estrogen is rising. So that kind of makes changes in our cycles. That's how you can see changes in your cervical fluid and energy. And then once estrogen gets to adequate high amounts, our brain's kind of like a feedback loop between our brain and our ovaries. So once estrogen gets to adequate high amounts, that triggers our brain to release another hormone that's called LH or luteinizing hormone. So it luteinizes the follicle, which is the sac that has the egg. So it just basically ruptures that and allows the egg to come out. And so that's the process of ovulation when that egg is released from the ovary. And then if there's sperm that is present and available, that's when fertilization can happen. And then it basically travels down the tubes from our ovaries into our uterus So if that egg is fertilized, it can implant inside the wall of the uterus. If there's no sperm, then that egg basically just is reabsorbed by the body and nothing happens with it. And then we kind of have that waiting period. So if you're pregnant, that's when kind of like hormones start coming into the body that tells your body to not release the lining. And if you don't get pregnant, then our hormones fall So both our estrogen and progesterone fall at the end of the cycle. And then that's what starts our bleed again is that drop in hormones. And so it's kind of that like cyclical process of bleed building towards ovulation, ovulation, pregnancy or not, and then a bleed again, just kind of over and over. And that constant communication between our brain and our ovaries telling our body to complete that same process. Thank you for sharing that whole, (laughs) the whole cycle with us, um, with our listeners, because it might seem like 
it should seem like, yeah, duh, I know all of this, but really we're not taught all of this at all. And really one thing that I've been reflecting on, and this just reminded me of it. Well, first of all, I want to say with my experience with having the IUD and all of that, after getting it removed, that was the first time that I've ever felt my ovulation. And feeling that I like called my doctor, like something's wrong. Like I feel like, like something's happening. (laughs) And he was like, oh, it's your ovulation. Like you're feeling like the, he called it like the cyst burst or something, which I don't know if that's right. It's called like middle schmerz. (laughs) They don't fully know what causes (laughs) it, but like middle schmerz, it's like middle pain. Uh, I think it's a German term, but it literally just like, it's not fully understood what causes it, but that's one of the theories. Got it. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's like, there's so much that's, I feel like unknown, but just even that experience alone, feeling this, like I've never felt this in my body and it's a part of like a natural cycle that we all are, well, that many of us are experiencing. And I've been reflecting on just in general this time, like with Roe versus Wade and with this having to fight for control over our own bodies and even just like the history of, you know, women's bodies being viewed as property and not being viewed as reverent. And like this keeper of the keys is kind of what I feel our bodies are. I've just been reflecting on so many different things that are are connected throughout our history and that are still present in our awareness of our bodies at this current moment. And even just something as simple as our eggs, how we have our eggs from the moment we're born. And when we're in our mother's womb, then she technically has like our eggs in her body. And so like I was inside of my grandmother, right? And how historically women actually carry the lineage within their bodies. And yet we take the man's name because that's who carries the lineage. I put in quotes, historically, like men are dominant and you take the man's last name and the name is passed from boy to boy. And you want to have a baby boy because that's who's going to, you know, be your heir or who's going to like carry the family name. But like, biologically, like in our body, actually women are the ones who carry the lineage. And I was just reflecting on that because recently my my grandmother passed away on my dad's side. And I was just thinking about how, like my first inclination was like, I was in her body. And then I was like, no, I wasn't. I was in my mom's body and my grandmother's body. And how that's like where that lineage is really passed through and having daughters, like if I have a daughter, I'm going to have her children inside my body, her future children inside my body, right? Just like reflecting on all of that, I was just kind of blown away by the the ego and the insecurity, the fear that is wrapped up in the mind claiming, no, like I don't want you to be 
you know, more powerful than me. I'm physically more powerful. My mind is going to then claim you and claim that I am more valuable, even though like literally women are the keeper of the keys within their own body. Like they're the keeper of the lineage within their body. So I'm just like blown away by it all. And I'm definitely not like saying that men aren't valuable within the lineage (laughs) by any means. It's just historically and even currently in our time right now where it's men still deciding what women can do with their bodies and how that's been such a big part of our history of men deciding what women can do with their bodies, yet women's bodies being this literal giver of life. And without their bodies, like, life would not go on. Lineage would not happen. It's just a trip to even wrap your head around that this has even been our history and not been like like some ancient cultures where like women were at the top of society because they were this literal goddess of being able to give birth to other, like create a brain inside their body, like give birth to these beings. It's just, it's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Like literal giver of life. Like it's whether, you know, whether you choose to carry the lineage on or you're like birthing ideas or businesses or whatever, but it just is. Yeah. It's uh, maddening. I would say sometimes to just be like, how is this still a conversation that like this sovereign body that does all of these amazing beautiful things and has all of these capacities that was passed on from like my mother and my grandmother. Like, how is it that like, I don't have a say over me that I don't understand me that I wasn't given. Like, I really do feel like it's a little bit of a, like a power move to not educate women about their bodies to like, not give us that full information about what is going on and what all are we capable of it. Yeah does feel like part of the patriarchy that that just is like not not a gift that is given to us in sex ed like it literally should just be like all of us like everybody should get that education when we're young you know it would just serve our society so well overall I think but yeah it's absolutely and I think I think that a lot of men don't know it either and the priority hasn't been on developing those resources and sharing that information because it's been seen as like, like, yeah, you, you're a woman, you give birth, like, cool. Like, that's what you do. You are a baby machine. And it's been like, almost overlooked as, as common versus like something that's so complex that we haven't even given the amount of awareness and resources to really build out and educate and inform because like you said that power move of like if what what would happen if we did that is are things going to get out of control or are things going to be you know changed and that fear of change that want for control i think keeps those conversations or those resources from being built I was going to say that control and power, control and power go hand in hand, right? So in order to control people, you're always going to look for the most powerful thing and then control that. And women's ability to create and to be this sacred vessel to create either a child or like you were saying, Mona, to create a business or to create a project that 
being able to channel that sacred energy into creation is the most powerful thing that exists on this planet. So it makes sense that people would want to use that for control. And on the other side of that, the more we have empowerment over that power, it makes that control like obsolete, right? We we surpass it. So and it's interesting, yeah, with having these conversations, like I was saying in the beginning, like just educating people, having awareness and talking about it with everyone in our lives. It's so important. And as you were explaining the whole process on this very like biological level, I was thinking in my head, I actually don't know if I've ever listened to someone explain that so thoroughly and intentionally, maybe when I was a kid, but I don't really remember it. So it's just so powerful to get to have to have this conversation and to understand like the biological side of it. And then to talk about, okay, what's the emotional side of this? What's the metaphoric side of it? What's the energetic side that's connected to this physical? So that was kind of the next thing I wanted to ask you is, what is the emotional, spiritual, energetic side of embracing our cycles and like working with our cycle? I mean, I think that that's why it's like, I always like when I'm teaching, that's to me, those are like the building blocks, right? Of like, you have to, don't have to, but in order to fully like lean into the energetics of our body and to lean into like the ebbs and flows of our patterns and what's going on within us on like an energetic spiritual level, I feel like you have to under like those basics is like what you go back to because when you're like, I want to you know, people call it like cycle syncing, or I want to live like aligned with my cycles. You have to understand what's going on underneath if you really want to support yourself. And I think it's such a beautiful process to like go in and connect. These are the signs my body's giving me. You know, this is when I'm bleeding. This is when I'm having more cervical fluid. This is when my temperature rises. So we're really like understanding the cycle. So it's like you can picture your hormones and literally like what your ovaries and your uterus and your womb are doing. And then kind of like add on layers to that because typically I think you can, it can be explained in different ways. I kind of like to think of our, like the energetics of our cycle as seasons, because to me that kind of is like reflective of my my inner body experience and really like the energy is where I can find strengths in my cycles and start to find patterns. So typically menses is going to be described. So menses is your bleed or your period. Uh, That is going to be described as winter, which is when our hormones are overall low. And so that really is our body's call to be slow to kind of like hibernate, tuck in, take some time away. I love to really spend time in my menses, like reflecting on it. Lit- I mean, literally is a release of something that didn't serve you in the last cycle. So whether that is like literally thinking of it, not serving you as in that lining isn't being needed to serve you for a pregnancy. But I also just think from like an energetic standpoint of like, I'm going to like reflect back on this last cycle that I had and like what from that didn't serve me? What would I also like to very intentionally release and let go as I move into this new cycle and this new phase of life? So menses really should be about slowing down, hibernating, tucking in, like finding some reflective time for yourself. 
And I think when we lean into cycles, there's, you know, it's like we live in a very, a lot of us in a very masculine pattern of like, go, 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 like no time to allow ebbs and flows for our own body, our own experience. And I find that really when, especially those of us that were born with uterus and ovaries, when we can take the time to find that lunar flow, like as women are our cycles, our hormones are more aligned with the moon and not the sun where it's like high, low, high, low every day, but literally like testosterone mirrors the sun of like rise and fall every day. And our hormones as females mirror a moon. So roughly a lot of people have like a roughly like 28, 29 day cycle. So I think like when we can find space and our schedules and how we live our life to really allow the ebb and flows of hormones. It's so impactful. And I feel like we can be just as effective and get just as much done by leaning into that. Cause literally like if you just take the time of your bleed and you're like, this is my time of rest, like that's not really a lot of time in a month. And then we kind of go into spring, which is really like that kind of early infertile time. So that's when our hormones are still low, but then you start getting that like follicle stimulating hormone coming in. And because of that, our, you know, our follicles are starting to develop estrogen starting to rise a little bit. So that tends to be when we start to, I think of like the flowers blooming and things kind of starting to come to life again, we're starting to get a little bit more energy, maybe kind of like wanting to like step away from that, like turn inwards. So that's kind of like our springtime. And then as estrogen gets really high and we're super fertile, that is like our summer. So that's usually when people feel the most sexy, have the most energy, really like want to connect with other people. I feel like that's a really great time if like we're working on projects or doing things to kind of allow those to kind of come to fruition and pull out like more work from ourselves because we just innately have more energy we're more attractive to other people. Like we feel better about ourselves. And another thing that I kind of see as part of that is when we're not familiar with those patterns, sometimes that rise in estrogen, that is that like energy, you know, it's kind of like that more like energetic feeling in our body for some people when you're not really familiar with that, or just some people that might tend more towards anxiety, it can feel that way. And I like to normalize that because I feel like that's something that isn't always spoke to, but that like higher energy can for some people feel like a little anxiety producing at times. So I just encourage people like move your body, move the energy. That's like what it wants to have happen in that time. And then after ovulation, that's again, when the egg gets released and then literally the sac that was holding the egg, that becomes something that's called the corpus luteum, which is this temporary endocrine gland and that makes progesterone for the remainder of the cycle or for that first trimester of pregnancy if you do get pregnant but progesterone and once we ovulate then we kind of like go into like fall where things are starting to slow a little bit progesterone is like our nourishing hormone and that's also the time that you're building a lining if you were to get pregnant that's where the egg is going to implant that gets fertilized. So really, I think of kind of like our fall of like things are starting to slow a little bit. Our energy is kind of starting to wane a little bit. And that's also like when our body is craving more energy, holding on to a little bit more of that weight. So some people may experience like 
know, just a little bit of like excess, like water retention in that time frame. But really, I think of that as the invitation to start wrapping up anything that you're doing, to kind of start slowing a little bit, really nourish your body well. And then typically those like few days before the period, people really feel that kind of slow down in your body being like, okay, our hormones are dropping off again. We're about to start another bleed. So really that invitation to be like, okay, it's like time to slow, time to turn inside. So that's kind of energetically and like seasonally how I think of it. And I think thinking of the seasons and the hormones is helpful too, as you kind of like start to like plot what you're doing and really like tune into how those energies feel in a body. Wow. That's so helpful to think of it as the seasons and to feel into it with those seasons. Do you have any insight or observations around, you know, if you're bleeding on, if your winter is on the full moon versus the new moon and like, have you, see, have you observed any like differences there? Cause I was always a new moon girl on the IUD and now I'm a full moon girl and it feels really, full moons feel so full to me. They feel so like every time there's a full moon, there's so much going on in my life and in the world. And I feel like overwhelmed and I have my period now. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to relax and chill and let all these overwhelming or things happen while I'm just chilling. But I'm just curious if you have any insight or observations with, with like new moon versus full moon. Yeah. I mean, I think it's majority, I forget like percentages, but a lot of people will, you know, either ovulate or bleed with the new or the full moon. And traditionally that makes you know, it makes sense when you think of, it's like a light exposure and our hormones are super reflective, all of us, but especially as females, our hormones are really reflective of, are we getting adequate, like dark exposure when we sleep? Are we getting sunlight in the morning when we rise? That literally is what controls our cortisol and our melatonin, which is like part of our overall hormonal wellness. And I feel like there's different theories or different people will say different things like, oh, if you, whatever, if you ovulate on the full moon, you're more fertile. If you ovulate on the new moon, you're more fertile. People that are healers have cycles on the new moons. I feel like I don't know that I've seen those patterns in clients or my selves. And I don't honestly, like I find it very fascinating, but I also don't. I don't like to to put names on things that would ever make somebody feel good or bad about themselves. So I don't know that there's research that supports that one person is more fertile than the other just because of when they ovulate. I don't subscribe to that. And I feel like that's those kind of things are often what gets talked about when it is talked about. But I actually am like right now doing a lecture and I probably will end up sharing it in like the group that I'm doing, but I'm doing like a lecture and kind of like studying more on like lunaception, which is really like tuning in with like the moon and the practices and kind of how we can do that in support of our cycle. So I think it's very fascinating, but I feel like often what gets brought up or what people want to know about is like, which is, what is more fertile? What is more not? I feel like those are kind of conversations that come up that 
feel a little shaming to me that I don't love that comes up in like the like moon or like menstruating fertility awareness community. Yeah. It's interesting how as much as these cycles have like these consistencies and kind of like universal unification, right? It's also like every single person's cycle is so different. And for me, tracking my cycle and just developing a relationship with my cycle, not necessarily what I was reading about online or what other people were experiencing, but really tuning in to like my body and the time frames and also observing, yeah, the moonlight, like it, that was really the thing that was the big game changer for me was like, okay, I'm taking this information and I'm learning how to observe it, but then actually turning it inward and observing your own cycle and really feeling like, what does this feel like to me? And what does the significance mean to me? And I have been tracking my cycle in a very, I'm going to go ahead and say like Dana spiritual way, meaning like not a lot of biological understanding or support, like really just kind of doing it in my own journey. So it's really fascinating for me to hear some of the like biological correlations, like what you were saying about just the light coming from the moon. And when you're sleeping and that moonlight coming in your window, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting because I've never really thought of it in that way. But I remember the first time that someone told me, a friend of mine, I was probably like 22, and an older friend of mine, we were looking at the full moon together. And she's like, I always bleed on the full moon. And I was like, wait, what? And that was the first time I had ever heard ever in my life that the feminine cycle is reflective of the moon cycles and in some way connected. That was the first time. And I was shook. Like literally something inside of me, I felt this like activation, like like things kind of clicking into gear. And I was like, holy shit, like our bodies are so mystical and so amazing on all of these different levels. And it just like unlocked this excitement and curiosity that I had never had before about my cycle. So that was about 10 years ago. But I remember thinking like, I just couldn't believe that no one had ever mentioned that to me. And I had never read that. And at that point, 10 years ago, I started Googling it and searching for books. And there was not a lot out there. And now it's amazing to see how much we are awakening and these conversations are happening more and more and there are more resources and there are even kind of like trendy spiritual, you know, memes on Instagram about it. Like how you were saying people kind of making generalizations or, you know, things like that, searching for meaning in it, but maybe in a little bit of an overgeneralized way. But it's just like, for me, the unlocking is really like, like I was saying, this curiosity and excitement that I had never felt about my cycle before, right? Because in my teenage years, it's like this thing that you hide and that you would never talk about. And if you told like a teacher or a boss that you were on your cycle and that you needed to relax, like that was thought of as just like so embarrassing. And I would do anything I possibly could to not talk about it or mention it. And, you know, seeing this kind of like, glimpse into maybe a, a healthier and more holistic and open and vulnerable way of living where we get to have these conversations and share with our romantic partner, even if they're new to us or to our employers, like just ha- having this acceptance for the fact that not all of us are designed to 
grow or work on something in this linear, consistent way, right? That we are meant to be cyclical beings, that we are a part of nature and kind of reflective of those seasons within ourselves. Like the more that we're talking about that and accepting that, it's like you can really start to see this new world forming of people that are in alignment with that and how powerful and beautiful it is. And I think even for my husband, he's super into talking about my cycle, which makes me so happy because he's like, he also kind of feels sort of like my energy is so powerful that when I'm in my winter phase, he kind of feels it too. And we sort of move in a certain way together since we are partners. Of course, on his own, he has his own kind of thing going on. But even like just to see like the men in our lives wanting to talk about it and understand it and support it is just like so beautiful. And I mean, imagine a world where this is just commonplace, like in your workplace, like, oh, I have a big project this week, but I don't have a lot of energy because of my cycle. So I'm going to finish it at this time. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And where that's not seen as like, negative thing or weak. Yeah. Yeah. Or weak. Yeah. Like you were saying that how we've been taught to pretend that this isn't something that is happening, like pretend like you're a man and pretend that you don't have a cycle and have everyone around you not ever aware where you are in your cycle. Pretend it's not happening. Like that's really the energy that we were raised with. And collectively. And, you know, that's fake. It's fake. And moving into this new paradigm, it's like releasing anything that is not true, right? Releasing that tendency to pretend, pretend that you're okay when you're not. Pretend that something is good with you when it's not. Pretend that you're not experiencing your truth, whether you're female or not. Like that energy of of fake pretending Uh, denying reality, that is all hopefully crumbling. And it's heartbreaking during this time to see collective decisions being made that are going backwards or are, you know, putting a veil on and pretending that, you know, even pretending that you know what is going on in women's bodies for a whole entire nation. So we're going to set one giant rule. Like that's fake as shit, right? Like that's so heartbreaking because it denies our individuality. It denies our being as individual people with uteruses (laughs) to have a different cycle, to have a different experience, to have a different thing going on in your body. And so a different decision, an individual decision should be made and not by anyone outside of your individual being and body, like that body autonomy and that right to your own truth, right? To not have to pretend and give your own truth away to like, oh, I'm going to you know, my boss tells me that I should be doing this, but my body's telling me that I'm experiencing that, but I'm going to go with what he thinks or she thinks because they're above me. That like energy of denying reality, denying truth, not wanting to look at reality because it's easier to just put a blanket statement over millions of people. That shit infuriates me in like a way that like I feel in my ancestry within my, the cells of my body. And that's the only way that I can explain it because it's it's this deep 
grief and deep rage that I feel within my body as as a human being. And so I, I, I don't want to say as a woman because I do feel that men can feel that rage, but I don't know. I've been, sorry, this is a long rant, but I've been observing lately, like even watching stuff with my husband, we just watched like the House of the Dragon first episode. Uh, it's like Game of Thrones prequel. And it's, there's a scene in it that's incredibly horrific and probably the most horrible scene I've ever seen in my life, but I'm grateful that I saw it where this woman, it's like medieval times and she has to have a C-section to save the baby versus like they can't save both. And it's these men deciding over her body, like the men, doctors and her husband deciding like, we're going to perform this on her. And she has no say, she doesn't even understand what's happening. And you, you saw it, right? It was horrible. Okay. Horrible. And I don't think I've ever seen anything on TV that really showed shows the fear, the confusion, the pain, the grief, and also just like the, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, but we're making a decision over this woman's body and we're going to put her through torturous pain. Like the core of this is not understanding, not having the medical knowledge of how to properly deal with this medical situation. So we as authorities, I put in quotes, we as men over this woman who know a little bit more, we're going to make this decision that's going to be really horrific for her. And that is reflected within our society now of not having medical or knowledge about women's bodies, yet still making a decision that is uninformed over their bodies. Like that's, it's still happening, even though it's not like somebody cutting into my body right in this moment. It feels like that rage of like the years and years and years that I'm sure in many past lives or many of my ancestors have been giving birth and being terrified and being afraid and having something go wrong, having that pain, having that like confusion or not understanding of what's going on. And I don't think that that's talked about or shown. Like even people that I know right now have given birth, like my, all my questions are always like, what was it? I want to know what, what it was like. Like, where were you afraid? Did this happen? Did that happen? Like, did your doctor support you in this way? Like, did you feel like you really understood what was going on? That side of it is something that everyone I feel like experiences when they give birth. And it's not talked about. It's not shown. It's not seen, except for I saw it in this scene in a very horrific way. And I just felt like I'm really upset that I saw that. But at the same time, like, why have I not seen that before? And anyways, that was like a 10 minute rant, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so, yeah, it's like infuriating. Yeah. I was, I was watching and I was like, oh my God, that's horrible. And you like, you know, that that is what happened. And it is not that somebody is cutting into your body, but it literally feels that way. Like when, when our rights to make decisions about our own ability to, to keep, to maintain, to eliminate a pregnancy, like that literally is somebody literally taking your womb away from your body. Like it's, it's, yeah, it is like, it's crazy to think of it in that way. And, and it's true. And I think that's why it's like, yeah. So whatever piece of power we can take back of being like, 
by like tracking my cycle, by like knowing my fertility, by literally like putting the choices in my own hands of like, okay, like I know when I'm fertile, I know when I'm not. And I'm going to make these choices that doesn't involve a man, that doesn't involve a pill, that doesn't involve, you know, the patriarchy or the government or whatever that looks like. But like, I'm going to own that for myself. I'm taking that power back. And I'm also going to pull in power and make sure that I'm truly educated around like when there are mistakes, how can I also handle those without having to go to somebody else? Like, how can I make sure that I equip myself with the knowledge and the empowerment so that I can fully come to life with the resources and the choices that I feel good about? Like, I feel like that literally is yeah what we're talking about. And that is like an, you know, extreme thing from the show, but it like, I for sure felt the same thing when I was watching it. I was like, same things happening now in a different way. Yeah. It is like that seasonal, deeper energetic thing where it's current and it's also ancient and it's also, it's everything. And having that understanding, like our bodies and our cycles and our capacity to create and do like it's fucking incredible and it's that connection to other menstruators yeah like I feel like that's what you you right it's like your connection to your ancestry and it's that connection to other like menstruators that I feel like we also innately have that like you know that is that to me a big part of that like divine feminine power and love is like that that deep connection that we have to each other like thinking around your like friends when you spend a lot of time with them, but like literally it's like you feel that and at like a deep hormonal energetic level, like we reflect that to each other. And I think that's like also part of, part of the power, part of like deeply feeling like the hurt as a collective. But it's like, that's also like where, where I see that, like, you know, that community and connecting with one another and building each other up. It's like that, that is also reflective and by being empowered in our own bodies and sharing that with other people, whether that's our partners or other women or society as a whole, like that, that also elevates us. And that also empowers us as a whole. And that like feeds us. And is, I think what ultimately will bring us like to that next phase where I do feel like more people are becoming awakened. I don't know how else to say it. It's like for so long, you know, it's, I, and I do feel like, not that I ever would have wished that, but I do feel like the like Roe v. Wade stuff has like brought more women back to like the decisions that we're making. And like, did I make this fully with my eyes fully open? Did I make the choice to be on this birth control, to be on this IUD, to whatever I'm doing? Like, did I make this choice with my eyes fully open, fully educated? with all of the information or was I just doing what I was told? And so I do feel like it's this, this time of awakening, this time of invitation that has potential to be really impactful for us as menstruators and for us as a society to really kind of be like, okay, like you can try and take my power, but can you really take my power? Right. I love that. And it's so interesting. Like when I started tracking my cycle, I felt such a huge shift. Like genuinely, I felt, I want to say everything in my life shift. 
because this level of self-awareness, it was like a deeper layer where other things started coming to my awareness from just having, like you said, my eyes open to what I was really experiencing and choosing and doing. And it's like, it's amazing how our cycles are such a deep and like center, like core part of how our bodies exist through this time and space that having awareness of this thing is going to like, it helped me in so many other areas of my life. Like it helped me in my career life. It helped me in my human design journey of really wanting to come into more alignment. Even with my emotional wave, for everyone that's listening that has an emotional wave, a question we get all the time is like, how is my emotional wave connected to my cycle and like the hormones that I feel and the emotions that I feel? And I'd be curious to hear what your take on that is, Mona, because I know that you have an emotional wave too. But (laughs) for me, just being able to tune into both my emotional wave and my cycle and track the two together, I was able to kind of effortlessly observe the way that they work together or come together. And I encourage everyone to do that for themselves if you have an emotional wave and if you have a cycle. But yeah, what do you think about that kind of like emotional journey and that part of it? Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to me because I do just feel, you know, it's like the levels on levels, like Mm -hmm. human, because it's like understanding my cycle and like those ebbs and flows, but then also having an emotional way of being a manifester. I mean, and you two same, like, you know, those like us like non-energy beings, it's like being able to be like, oh, there's times in my cycles where I'm not going to have energy. There's times as like just, a you know, as a manifester that I don't have energy. And so really like learning to like listen to my body. And I feel like my emotional wave is super, I mean, I think you and I have the same one, don't we? Dana, I think we both have like the biggest emotional one, uh, which I very, (laughs) I very much recognize (laughs) that. And I feel like, yeah, when I can just accept that, but it's like, I, I definitely feel like when I'm in my luteal phase, which is like your time after ovulation, not even really like my menses, but in my time after ovulation, which traditionally it's like, that would be the time when like, if you were to get pregnant, you're going to be like more protective of your body. That's when like, you're not looking to have sex because you already are pregnant or not, but you're just like looking to protect your body, looking to nourish it. And, and so I feel like just in general, we tend to be a little bit more analytical, a little more opinionated or willing to share opinions in that time. And I feel like my emotional wave tends to be a little more wild in that phase of my cycle. And for me, I feel like I, I am somebody that's like, I might get a little bit of anxiety, but I feel like once I started recognizing that when I was fertile and started being like, Oh, that is like my body wanting to move more energy and started more intentionally, like making sure that I was fully using my energy in that time frame, I feel like that helped my emotional wave there, but definitely mine tends to be like more, I would say more reactive. So it I I try to kind of integrate a lot more of like that I'm just observing before I'm speaking or doing in that that like luteal phase, which is so helpful to know, right? Just like things that might cause your emotional wave or your energies to shift more and like where those patterns are. Because, you know, as you said, I do think it's about the curiosity and it's like there's these general quote unquote truths of what certain phases or certain parts feel like or look like. And we're all unique, different beings. So then actually like stepping back in curiosity and being like, but how, what do my patterns look like? And what do my ebbs and flows look like? And what serves me best? You know, it's like we can have suggestions and 
there's general themes I think that often come up, but really like finding that curiosity and being like, and where's my pattern and where's my flow and what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And kind of like, that's like the beauty of it. Yes. I love that so much. And it's true. It's just another layer of awareness, another layer of having consciousness about our experience and who we are and how we move through this world. And the more awareness we have about anything in our lives, it's amazing how it shifts everything, sometimes without even taking physical action. Just simply seeing it, having the awareness, knowing what it is, can change your entire perspective of how you experience it or your takeaway. Like I love what you said about knowing when you're ovulating that that energy can sometimes feel like anxiety. Just knowing that, like, okay, I know what this is. This is my ovulation time. Like I do have this more energy. I see what's happening in my body. I have an understanding of it. If I want to take action now, I know different tools that I can maybe play with to support myself. But like even without taking the action, just knowing what it is, I think can be so insanely powerful. And on this topic of like taking action and tips, I was wondering if you could share with us just like a couple of things that you like to share with people that they can do to support their overall health and wellness, or maybe like either on a physical level or emotional level, like what are a couple of things that we can all focus on to really support ourselves in this realm? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, that feels like such a big question. Cause I just, I'm like, there's so many things. I literally just did a lecture in a group class that I'm teaching all on like hormonal health last month. But I feel like there's some like basic things. I kind of like think of them as like key pillars of like hormonal wellness that I kind of always encourage people to go back to. If like you just are like looking for some like cornerstones of supporting our bodies. And so I'll just kind of like briefly touch on them. But I think a key one is stress, like making sure that we have ideally like eliminating stress that we don't need, like learning to say no, I think is a huge one, especially for many women. So I think like making sure that we're eliminating stress where we can and just understanding that that stress has huge downstream impacts on our cycles. So having good resources that we go to, whether it's yoga, meditation, like time with friends, walks in nature, like whatever that is to really support our stress cycles. The other thing is sleep. Like sleep is so huge in really just like functioning well overall, seven to nine hours in a dark, cool, quiet room. That is like most ideal environment. Really like food medicine is what I like to call it, but really like nourishing our body. There's a, the seed company that I recently got some stuff from Luna Seeds and she was like nourish to flourish. She said that like on one of my things. And I was like, I love that so much, but it's so true. And I think really like how we're, how we eat, like that mindful eating of like being with our food, being present with it, tasting it, like but also making sure that we're getting the adequate nutrients that we need of like, we need our healthy fats and our proteins and making sure that we're getting in fiber, like really understanding how to structure meals well. So that that's like what builds our hormones. Our hormones literally come like they're building blocks from our food. So if we're not nourishing our body, we can't have healthy cycles or healthy hormones also as part of our hormones, like our gut and liver are so huge in absorbing foods, but also eliminating excess nutrients or as we're moving through our cycle and we're 
you know, processing through estrogen and, you know, we used what we needed and we're on the other side and really just like also eliminating hormones that have been used and are not needed, really like supporting our liver and our guts are a huge part of that. And like movement, movement is so key for really, I feel like mental wellness, but also like hormonal wellness, like making sure we're moving our body in a way that feels joyful every day, like something that feels good, but also not over-exercising because that's the other side of the spectrum that's also not helpful for our hormones. And I think too, just from like a perspective of like wellness, like really like finding that connection with other menstruators to me is like really a beautiful, important connection that we're designed as like those that come into the world with like uterus and ovaries, like we're designed to have that connection with community, with other menstruators to like really have that like circle of trust. So we feel like that and also really just like being in tune with our own bodies, like being here for the experience to like show up, to learn, to like be present with our bodies, to track our cycles. I feel like that's so huge in our wellness because we get to learn like what is our body asking for like what is it requesting like what is it showing me that it's needing and so I feel like that's really a big part of it and then I think kind of like the overall overarching which I feel like human design like serves us really well but really like that connection to something bigger than us to source to our like sexuality to our sensuality like finding those like bigger connections on a regular basis of we're here in this moment and we're here to like live and be present and achieve whatever it is in this purpose. But there's also some, something so much bigger than us. And so how do we connect into that larger, like really beautiful, intense goddess power. And I feel like that is where like searching for things bigger than us, having those, that connection to our like sexuality and that like deep, that's like our energetic power. Right. And about so many things, but I feel like all of those things are kind of like the keys of like what help us find wellness and what help us find our center and our growth and like our like path up and up as we're like elevating ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I feel that I'm going to choose like four of those things and try to apply them like actionably um, because my projector ass is like, if I did all of those, I would never, that's all I would do. But at the same time, it's like little ways to weave it in. I know. Um, and even just understanding the, the importance of your body, like what I keep hearing in all of this and what is so much in human design and so much in this new paradigm of where we're headed is like truly listening to your body in all of these many different ways and understanding that your body has this such a complex capacity and depth of things to explore and nourish and lean into and understand and learn from within your own being, whether it is your diet or your mental health or your movement or your spirituality or listening to your cycle or noticing those phases for creation or for hibernation. And whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. Really leaning into the subtle nuances of what your body's really telling you. And I love these tips that you've given of ways that you can support your body and what it is telling you and even ways that you can help hear that more 
like have clarity of what your body is really telling you by starting to lean into these tips, it's going to uncover even more. I feel like our bodies, male or female, are like this this well, this like wellspring of depth of just constantly going in and pulling up more to the surface and seeing what's there and learning and understanding your body. So this conversation has been fascinating and also just real. And I think that it's it's these types of conversations that are helping to usher in that new paradigm, like taking your power back, having that empowerment versus like giving your power away and feeling like there's nothing you can do about it. So thank you for empowering us to take control back of our bodies. One last question I wanted to ask you, do you recommend like temperature tracking with your wave, like taking your temperature every morning with your wave, with your cycle? Um, Or do you find that that's not the most helpful? Uh, So I teach the symptothermal method. And so that is where you track cervical fluid, your basal body temperature, and then you have the option to also track the position of your cervix within your vaginal canal. So I do that. And I, again, like coming from a medical background, I'm very, like I wanted to choose a method that was highly effective, that had been studied. And so that's why I chose the method that I did. And then the rules that I teach are all based on the study. So yes, I use that. And really like the studies that are done on the symptothermal method, they're, you know, show that it's like 99.4 to 99.6% effective if you understand the rules and you're following them. So that's like all what I teach in the course, but I do that in and also part of why I, I wanted to do temp readings is because if you're just doing cervical fluid or if you're doing like a symptohormonal method that's cervical fluid and LH testing, those tell you like when you're in your fertile window and you can you know kind of see when you come out of it. But I wanted to be able to really like have like two checks that told me that I was out of my fertile window. And so you kind of have like a build of cervical fluid when you're fertile and then decreases or goes back to a baseline after. But then once you've ovulated, then your temps rise, which is reflective of our progesterone is like our heat producing hormone. So I liked to be able to see like my cervical fluid go back to baseline and my temps go up so that I had two things that I was using to confirm ovulation. And that's what I teach. And so I do, I use, um, actually the temp drop, it's a wearable thermometer. And I find that that is easier for me to use because it helps to, it has like an algorithm that it learns from your own body and cycle. And so it helps to correct for some of the things that can get off when you're using just an oral thermometer. So that's what I use and love. I put up, I think I put up a story on it yesterday, but it's great. And yeah, that's like what I've used for a while. They have oral ones too, but yeah, I like the temp drop that you wear. Um, yeah, if you wanted to look at it, I have like some like stories and, and also just like posts and stuff about it and you can save, um, you get like 12% off if you use my code MW3377, but it's my favorite. Cause I feel like I travel so much and I used to have a lot of insomnia stuff when I was on birth control and I don't anymore. But at the time when I started, charting, I had a lot of issues trying to make sense of my temps because they would kind of be all over the place. And that has really been like a super helpful piece of like femtech that is out there. 
Amazing. I love that. Okay. So where can people find you, um, connect with you and see, like learn from you basically? Yeah. So my Instagram is the main place that I am. I also do have a Facebook, but it's just medicine with Mona. And then my website's medicinewithmona.com. And it has, yeah, has my different offerings on there, my different courses, one-on-one work, testing and coaching I do. And then um, we'll have that membership that I'm starting with Wise Womb Mama. She's on Instagram. That will all be like fertility, hormonal health, womb wisdom. Beautiful. I love it. I'm so excited. I really want to check out your membership because being in a space with other women and learning about, you know, everything that I wish I knew since birth, um, it sounds magical and amazing. So thank you so much for being here and for, for just imparting your wisdom and empowering the collective in this way. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was just so lovely to connect with you girls. I have loved you from the minute that I did my first reading with you, but yeah, it just felt so good to connect and talk about cycles and bodies and our wisdom. So thanks for having me. Wow. That was such a fascinating conversation. And we just love how supportive it can be to develop your awareness around your cycle and how that can really help you in your human design journey, developing awareness about yourself and your emotions and your energy levels. Like The two just are two supporting layers that can really help you go deeper. So I would love to hear if any of you have an emotional wave or a non-emotional, what your reflections are with your hormones and your cycle and your emotional wave. If you're not sure what emotional wave you can you have and you want to learn more about it, that's going to be something that we cover in detail in our new book, Your Human Design. That is, of course, coming out in January, but you can pre-order it now on Amazon. You can go to our website, daylunalife.com, to see all of the different places where you can pre-order your book. And then you can fill out the form on our website to confirm that you have pre-ordered and you get all of these juicy goodies. You get entered in to win free tuition for our human design reader training that is online. We also get a free ebook that tells you about crystals and essential oils and different rituals you can do to support your design. So there's so many beautiful things that you can do there. But diving into this realm of just observing yourself more deeply, having a deeper level of awareness is just something that we think is just so beautiful that you can really use the book and then also come back to this conversation and add them all together and see what you're really feeling your experience is. Yes. So as always, you can find us on Instagram at dayluna and our website, daylunalife.com. And we are just so grateful for you as a being wherever you are in your cycle or in your energy, regardless if you have one or not, and just honoring your own individualness and your (laughs) own uniqueness as a being and your inherent worth. So we love you. We hope that you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your week.